everyone. This is episode 744 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, October 30th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Krishnaz, and I am just exhausted. Before I get to just why I'm exhausted, I will be talking about Unrailed Goner 2 Galaxide, Sweet Witches, BH Trials, Red Wings, Aces of the Sky, Blair Witch, Oculus Quest Edition, and... That's it in terms of what I've been playing, I believe. There's also some PlayStation 5 news that has been trickling out as the influencers and press have been getting their hands on the PlayStation 5 disc version. So there are some interesting things there, especially with the DualSense. But why I'm annoyed is because I went ahead and ordered yesterday... I was going to say last night, and then I said yesterday, and I think it came out as Lesterday. Either way, last night I ordered a 4K TV. The only 32-inch 4K TV in existence, at least that I know of in the States. And I guess I just assumed it would work, but given the way my current setup is in terms of capturing footage, I use an... Elgato HD60, it can't output a 4K signal. I just figured, you know what it'll do? It'll take that 4K signal and it'll just make it so that it's capturing a 1080p signal. And I I don't know why I thought that would work, but that doesn't. So I spent the last hour and change trying to find some workaround and there was no workaround. Of course, there is the Elgato 4K HD 60 or whatever it is that is also a standalone box that you don't need to hook up to a PC, but that cost $400, and that was something that I was budgeting out for a future purchase, and when I, if I get that, then it should all work, but I am not down to buying that right now along with this TV and the consoles that are coming out and all that. Of course, I already have the consoles paid for, but it just is not my time. And maybe this is for the best, and I'll get a better TV in the future when they'll have more options and smaller sizes that give you features of the bigger models, but that probably won't happen. They'll probably just keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. But yeah, I'm recording this episode later than I would have liked. So that kind of sucks. But hopefully everything will be a-okay after that. Anywho, that is my problems. But uh, moving on to the the show itself. Let's just get to it. So the PlayStation 5 has been getting a decent amount of previews now that they're in the hands of people and whatnot. Not that much. They haven't been able to talk about all that much. Basically just the first level of the Astrobot playroom game tech demo thing whatever it is called i can't remember the exact name but they can talk about that and the dual sense and i think that's it there there's no talk about the ui or other games outside of that i think dark souls or not dark souls demon souls will be opening up soon at least i think digital foundry teased that They'll be having a lot of information about that game soon. But I am 
excited about the PlayStation 5. However, there is one thing that is getting me, it's not right to say nervous, but the hyperbole that is emerging around the dual sense is getting ridiculous. And we only need to wait for whenever Jeff Kanata tweets out whatever his tweet is that makes it sound like the fucking best thing ever to hit that crescendo, to hit the, the peak of the hyperbole mountain. But there are people out there saying that, you know, I, after, I, after I use the DualSense controller, I, I, I can't imagine going back to any other controller. I just, there, there's no way. Once you go DualSense, you can't go back. You can't go back. And I think that's a bit ridiculous. I'm sure it's interesting, but I also... Nobody's come out and said this. I guess everyone is pretty much impressed by it. But I feel like, at least initially, and nobody's even said initially they were like a little put off by it, but I feel like it would be pretty distracting to have, while playing a game, the controller constantly doing different things where I'm just like, fucking, what is going on? I just want to play this game. My focus is now at least somewhat geared towards this controller. I don't want that, but... There are a few gimmicky things with the controller that I hope aren't continued with other games. The haptic feedback and all that is interesting. The way it can change depending on the material you're walking on or the tension in the triggers depending on you know what you're doing, what your character is doing. Though I do, I do still have concerns about the durability of it over time. Sure, it may seem like it works fine over six months or a year, but if these controllers start breaking or the functionality starts diminishing or there there are issues after a year, that could be a bit of a problem. But the thing I don't like to see, and I hope we don't see any more of this shit, is that there is some point in the Astrobot game where you have to, and you can turn this off, I guess, by muting the mic or whatever, but there's a point where to blow a pinwheel or whatever I want you to blow into the mic that shit was never good and how people have not learned their lessons since then I don't know but whatever uh, that that is really it though in terms of PlayStation 5 news the thing is humongous it is gigantic it is, it is even bigger than I thought it was but I'm I'm excited to mess around with it. I, I'm excited to get my hands on the DualSense because regardless of whether or not I like or dislike or I'm indifferent to all the little extras of it, the haptic feedback, the resistive triggers and all that crap, I just want to know if it feels more comfortable in my hands to use as opposed to the DualShock 4. The DualShock 4 was definitely a step above the previous DualShocks, but it's still... Does not come anywhere close to the Xbox One for me with most games. So that is what I'm most interested in. And also the other probably big PlayStation news is that, what is it called? All-Stars, it's not All-Stars Racing. It's not PlayStation All-Stars, that's the, the Smash fucking copy <laughs> clone. What is that game? Destruction All-Stars, that game. That game has been delayed to February of 2021 and will be a PlayStation Plus launch title. So 
that took a big turnaround because it was originally one of their $70 titles, I believe, and now it's going to be free for everyone with PlayStation Plus, which makes sense because you look at that game and you're like, no, 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 no. I mean, they could have dropped the price, I think, for 40 bucks, That would have been a tantalizing potential pickup. But uh, yeah, that, that is something that happened. And then speaking of delays, Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed again. Whatever. Just continuing to, continuing to diminish the excitement of everyone around everywhere. I mean, there are plenty of people who are still very, very excited about it. But I'm at the point where I'm like, whatever. Just get out here and then we can all see if we like it or not. But on to what I've been playing. So... Unrailed is a game with voxel graphics, and it's got an isometric pullback camera, like a Diablo or whatever. But the main point of the game is to just continue laying down track so that this train that you are working with, I guess, can just continue moving forward. And there are a handful of modes, endless I think like a puzzle mode, a quick mode, and then a sandbox mode. I mainly just focused on the sandbox mode and the endless mode. I did try quick mode. I don't remember what the hell that was. But I I like it. It's very simple. So you have a little helper who can help gather resources for you. And you have three tools to use, and that's it. You have a pickaxe for mining iron or whatever in order to create metal and then a regular axe for collecting wood and then you can put these on one of the trailers of your train and it'll convert them to tracks so that it can keep laying down tracks and then you have a bucket for water for when your train overheats and you have to to uh, put out the fire you can have your helper do any of these tasks you can have them collect wood collect iron, collect water, take the the resources and put them into that one specific trailer and stuff like that. And that's pretty much all there is to it. In endless mode, as you are making your way forward, you will run across stations. And when you lay down tracks and connect it to a station, you will then be able to upgrade your train in one way or another. You can make it so that you can hold more undone tracks in your compartment, hold more of the resources in the thing. You can buy new trailers that can convert iron to wood or wood to iron or automatically collect resources within a certain vicinity and stuff like that. It's all pretty simple, and I like it as a relaxing experience. From my time with it, it, it doesn't feel like it really gets more challenging the further you go in the terms that I, I don't think it gets faster that the train starts speeding up but maybe the layout of the environment becomes a little bit trickier and you have to deal with that the one thing I'll say you have to remember because I don't think in the tutorial I'd ever mentioned this is that you have the three uh, the three tools I mentioned earlier the the bucket the pickaxe and the axe as you are moving along the path as you're progressing from left to right you can't go all the way back to the left there is a point of no return constantly as you're moving forward 
And if you if you leave the tools on that side, on the left side of the screen, and you scroll far enough so that you can't go back and pick them up, they're gone for good. If there is a way to get them back, I didn't find it. And I think it even warns you like, hey, you better get this or it's going to be gone. I think they would respawn if you managed to have enough resources to build enough track to reach the nearest station. Because when you hit a station, when you connect to a station, the train will speed up and you'll just automatically get there. You won't have to wait for it to get there. And then it resets your tools right by the station. I don't know if it would do that if you lost them but we're still able to connect to the station because you were already pretty close or whatever. So that is something to be aware of. But I really like it as a relaxing game, a relaxing experience, because that's all it is to me. I, I don't know. I, I like, And I play on easy because that's all I want. Like I'm sure on the higher difficulties, it'll be more challenging and the train will move faster and stuff like that. But I don't want that out of this type of game. The thing that sucks and that I'm still unsure of how exactly it works, and I even saw confusion online, and and I'm not sure if I have the answers, but there is supposedly a save system in there because you can load a game, and it tells you when you load a game, you're loading it, and you're loading that save, and it won't be there anymore. So you'd have to resave. But when playing in endless mode... And playing it for a while, I never got to a point where I could save. And someone said somewhere on the internet in a forum that, like, if you hit or once you hit 300 yards or 300 meters, whatever the the measurement is in the game, then you would be able to save. And maybe it's in 300 yard meters uh, intervals. I don't know, but at least on easy mode and you know this would be true for medium and hard maybe even more so because you're really you're not it's not as a relaxing experience you're trying to do the best you can and get as far as you can but on easy it it takes a fair amount of time to just make it a short distance so i I like it and it's relaxing, but I would not want to spend hours and hours and hours playing it in one long stretch because there are achievements for, I think, reaching 2,500 meters. And that's that's a long that's a long way. That's a long track. It's going to take a long time. That will literally take hours. Maybe not on the hardest difficulty, but on the hardest difficulty, that would also be probably really just exhausting and nerve-wracking. But on easy... That would take quite a while to do. And the inability to just save and quit at any time or or just having you be able to save and quit at each station, like that would be something. But you can't do those. You can't save any time and you can't save at the stations. So I don't know when exactly you can save. I don't know why... They're being so fickle about it. Maybe they'll update it. Maybe they won't update it. Who knows? But that is that is the biggest disappointment for me because I like the game a lot and I, I like its relaxing vibe and nature on easy at least. There are also like bandits, uh, regardless of difficulty, who will 
mess around with their resources, but they don't really do anything. They don't take them away for good. They'll just like pick them up and move them to spaces. So they're just like kind of the the biggest annoyance with the the bandits or whatever the hell they're called in the game. And they're only they're probably more sprinkled throughout the area on higher difficulties, but on easy there are two. And what becomes more problematic is that if you are in a narrow space and you create a bridge for the train and it's going over the bridge, but you want to create a little walkway so that you can get over that path yourself, the bandits might just be standing there and you can't walk past them because they're geometry that can get in your way and that can become frustrating. But the save system is really the the most disappointing part of the, the experience so far. But outside of that, and if that doesn't, bother you and if you can find more clarification because I, I didn't look that deep online about it then I think it should be a pretty good time I really like it I think it it looks good I like the voxel aesthetic I think I think that looks good in general so yeah again that is unrailed playing on Xbox one playing all of these on Xbox one except for oculus Quest, the uh, Blair Witch Oculus Quest edition. Of course, obviously, I'm not playing that on Xbox One. But uh, yeah, I, I am liking that game quite a bit outside of the whole save shenanigans. Then, Goner 2 is uh, an interesting game. I never played Goner. I do think I own it on Xbox, but I never played it. And I guess it's a rogue-like... Maybe it's a light with procedurally generated areas and all this stuff but structurally i don't understand it i don't feel like it made itself clear as to what it was i don't even know if it made itself clear that it was a roguelike but you are this little blue blob of nothing or whatever that gets pooped out at the beginning of each level and in the very beginning you are collecting the various body parts of you or the parts of your character for your adventure so you have a skull you have a gun and then you have a backpack which holds bombs or something i don't know i never really used bombs if i had them i think i had them but uh you then go through these levels there will be enemies in them you can shoot them you can collect ammo by running past flowers that will drop it and they'll they'll reset and give you more ammo if you if you need more of it you don't it, like they, they're they're not a single use flower but i didn't i didn't really like the shooting all that much the the platforming the jumping and all that felt pretty good but i wasn't overly fond of the shooting and then if you get hit by an enemy you will come apart all your all your pieces will just be scattered across the the space that you were hit and you can recollect them to keep on going. Or if you're hit again before you're able to do any of that, you will have a prompt telling you to press, I think, the X button a whole bunch of times in order to respawn at the beginning of the level so that you can make your way back to where you died and collect your parts and hopefully not get hit and die again. But it's just a little weird because I was I played through it I didn't play through the whole game or anything, but I was playing through it. I got to a boss. I died. Then I was sent to this like graveyard place or whatever. Went through the creature's mouth that you 
E to leave a level and then it poops you out to start a level or whatever the hell it's doing. And it was now like an underwater area. And I'm like, what happened to the area I was just at? I want to go back to that boss. So that was when I realized, wait, what kind of game is this? And yeah, it, it looks really good. I love the look of it. It's got a really nice, unique art style that is somewhat painterly. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's a weird game that I'd have to give more time to because I was playing almost like, I don't know what I think of this. There are things about it I like. There are things about it I don't like. But overall, I have no strong feeling for it either way. So that was, uh, that has gone or two. Then Glaxide, or however it's pronounced, G-A-L-A-C-I-D-E, is a shmup, a horizontal scrolling shmup that I really don't like. <laughs> Cause it's got it's got like a weird bust a move component to it that is way more prominent than I was expecting. Yes, you have enemies that are coming at you that you're shooting, but a big chunk of the game is that while you are scrolling, there are always gonna be these blocks that are blocking your progress, and you have to make matches of four of them. There are three different colors, and you have to make matches of four of them in order to or of at least four that you can do bigger matches in order to break them up and then open up pathways for yourself and the levels are just scattered with this and it definitely feels like that is the primary function of not only your ship but the game it just it feels like that is what they want you to do first and foremost is focus on doing that and then the shooting of ships comes second and i don't like that there's also a puzzle mode, I believe, which that which is what I thought the main mode was going to be is just like, okay, you're focusing mostly on this and then maybe ships will come in and you'll have to worry about them as well. But the fact that you have to be focused on that so much, it, it feels like the shmup side of it is a secondary thought and that it's really just about this match puzzle type of game. And I don't... I'm I'm curious if I would have liked it more if they just removed the shmup things, because the shmup things just feel like they get in the way. Like I'm, I I feel like they could have made it as tense or more tense and just ratchet up the difficulty with the the layout and the way things work without throwing in the few enemy ships here and there, uh, and just focused on the matching aspect of it. But, yeah, wasn't really doing much for me. Then, Sweet Witches is a traditional, or just a, it's a very simple arcade type of game where you play as a witch. And every time I, I see this game, I keep wanting to call it Street Witches, and it, it bothers me. But Sweet Witches is a, a game where you are a witch, and your goal uh, on these single screen levels is to just Walk over these bits of grass and then a flower or whatever will bloom when you walk over it. And you want to do that over every block of grass in order to complete the the level, the, the screen, and move on to the next screen. And there will be enemies scattered throughout the levels that vary and they'll constantly add new types of enemies. There's a bunny who will eat 
the the flowers you bloom and you have to you have to kill them and you can kill them some of the enemies you can take out i think all the enemies you can take out but some you have to use like special abilities the bunnies you can take out with the regular like i don't know if it was like a lick attack it was a weird attack but you also have the you have a handful of abilities at your disposal in order to do this so you you can't jump but you can create ladders in order to climb and reach different platforms and you have a, a special power up that i don't i don't even know how it powers up but when you press the x button you get super powered and you're very fast and you can hop up two levels without using a ladder and you can gain through opening these little like presents in the stages like a a punching glove a boxer glove thing that will take out any enemy i think i don't think there's enemy enemy that is not weak to that but a lot of enemies you can just attack with your regular attack and they'll stun them and then you have to avoid them even running trying to run past them when they're stunned they will do damage to you and kill you but it's a pretty basic game but fun i i don't think it's it's nothing special but i enjoyed my time with it well enough it's not a game that I would really go out of my way to play over other games, but it's not bad. I, I, it's a game that I would recommend checking out if you think it sounds remotely interesting, or if you see it and it looks good. Like, it, it's a good game. It's just not anything really special, but it's it's well made, got decent colors, controls well, and it's not overly complicated with what you can do. I think there's there's one other thing you can do. There are also portals that you can travel through if if they exist on a level. But it's pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah, not much to it. Then BH Trials is a game I I tried to to like, but it's just not my kind of thing. It it is like Octodad or Quop or any of those types of physics based weird unconventional non-traditional controlling games that ask you to move a character or an object or a vehicle in this uh, case in a way that it, it is not typically controlled so with this game you're controlling a a digger a, con- a construction digger so it's got like a, a bulldozer not a bulldozer it's got a digger on both ends it's got the big one on the back it's got a lot of junk in the trunk and then it's got the the arm one on the front and the engine doesn't work you can't steer there are no brakes or anything like that and you can only control the digger by using either hand either side uh and usually like i use the the big one on the back to like slow me down i use those as brakes and then you can use the front one like a, a claw to like move it in the ground and then pick you up and then push you forward like that uh, and, and they have more intricate vehicles later on i guess but it just these types of games i feel like i i would i i, I always enjoy watching other people play them more than play them myself i i never really get any enjoyment out of them I, I want to, and that's why I'm constantly trying them. Like, I did get a code for this because I was like, interested in it. I thought it looked unique because it is unique, but it is just 
another one of these games where it just does not compute for me. It is not something that gels with me. So yeah, but if you if you are a fan of Quop and Octodad and those types of unique experiences, I am bred, all those types of games that have you doing things in non-traditional ways with not not maybe slightly complicated or you know very complicated control schemes then it's definitely worth checking out the thing about these types of these types of games is that you have to want to put in the time investment required to learn how they play because it is a new skill you have to learn for these types of games they have their own skills for each individual game and for me taking the time to learn a skill that is playing one of these games which i can only transfer to that game i can't utilize those new skills anywhere else like i don't maybe if you're great at co-op then your brain is just set up in a way where you will work well with any of those types of games octodad i am bread all these all those games but for me the time investment does not it is not worth what you get out of it. So yeah, bit of a disappointment there, but kind of an expected one. I I, I was still hopeful. I'm always hopeful, but uh, yeah. Then, Red Wings Aces of the Sky is a game I played back on Switch. Talked about it whenever that was, and now it's on Xbox One and PS4. Maybe it was already on PS4, but I I got a code for Xbox One. I've been playing it there, and it's a really fun arcadey dogfighting game where. You take down enemies. Yeah, there are a few missions where they ask you to fly through hoops to reach the the end point, uh, and those are fine. But a lot of them just involve you, and there's a few missions where it's like an over the top view, and you're dropping bombs on specific things, which are really boring because they're just super easy and they don't require any thought at all. But the the majority of the game is these dogfight modes where you're taking on waves of enemies usually and sometimes there'll be bigger objects that you need to take out as well like blimps and and whatnot but it's just a very easy to pick up and play game it controls very well looks great runs great on the xbox and yeah i like it it is really simple and straightforward i really like it you have your basic shooting so you can you can zoom in with the left trigger like a a regular first person shooter or third person shooter any type of shooter and that locks on to an enemy and it's a it's a pretty generous lock on and so it's a it makes it easy to take out enemies in that way but then you also have a handful of abilities mapped to the face buttons so the b button does a little barrel roll to avoid uh, incoming bullets and weapon fire. The A button does a 180 forward spin. It basically just turns you around quick. The X button does a like call for help type of attack where you can attack two planes at once and, and get support from other planes. It'll just come out of nowhere. And then the Y button is like a a finisher move which as you upgrade it can do things like give you health back and stuff like that there's a whole upgrade and skill tree 
thing that will make it so that your guns don't overheat as fast, uh, that your abilities will have shorter cooldown timers and stuff like that. It's just, it's a pretty simple game, but it, it's well put together and I really like it. I, th- I think if you're a fan of flying games and want something simple that you could play with friends and maybe like your kids who can't handle more complicated controls it's it's a very easy pick up and play type of game that i think anyone could get into and, and really enjoy you, you you will probably end up hitting points on certain stages where you get frustrated because if, you, if you're overly aggressive you can get into a place where you go from dominating to end up exploding whether you're being too aggressive attacking an enemy and you run into them or you're not really paying attention to your health because uh, there, there are ring scattered levels that will refill your health and your fuel. But yeah, I like that game. I think it's really good, really worth picking up. I'm not sure how much it costs, but I like it. Then the last game I played a bit of so far, and I'll talk about more of this next week probably, is Blair Witch Oculus Quest Edition. Played for maybe an hour, and there's, there's definitely some bugs in it. The dog that is with you could get stuck on geometry quite frequently, which is a little annoying. But I, where I am right now, I am surprised by how much I don't, I, at least the early goings on of the game aren't scary or tense, which is maybe surprising. I have no experience with the Blair Witch franchise with the lore of it or any of that so i'm just going through this and, and trying to find this person i'm like all right let's let's do this but uh yeah my my few issues with it in terms of the vr version is that i i guess the, i mean this is the thing with a lot of vr games and i don't even know if there are any games that don't do this but i wish when you are given free reign over the controls that it was free reign with both analog sticks. I don't like the whole rotating 45 or 90 degrees with the one stick. I want to be able to freely move with both sticks. And I'm I'm sure that you're not able to do that because of motion sickness, but I've never experienced motion sickness with any VR gamer come anywhere close to that. So I just wish I could do that and get it done. Cause I, 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 find that the the herky-jerky nature of these quick turns is unpleasant. doesn't make me sick or anything. doesn't give me a headache or anything. I just find it unpleasant. I think it, it just makes the experience lesser. And then when reading text, when text pops up on screen from like someone calling you or whatever, like I had a walkie-talkie that I was talking to some dude on. When I had the walkie-talkie right in front of me where the text was coming out, it was like a weird layer thing that was going on where it sort of felt like the text was behind the walkie-talkie, but I was still able to read it. Like There were some weird things going on with the text that made it really difficult to read when I was doing that. If I, if I took the, the walkie-talkie and threw it away or whatever, just put it back on my side or just held it down for me, it was fine reading it, but with it there and other objects as well, it was just, it didn't look good. And I don't know why that is the case, 
Uh, I have no idea how VR works. But yeah, it is, it's nice having a full experience. I'm assuming it's the full game. So I, I will talk more about it next week and see what happens. I'm sure at some point I will get scared and I will throw my VR headset out the window and say it was all a mistake the whole time. But yeah, and, and in terms of VR, Synth Riders is still by far my favorite experience. I need to pick up some more rhythm-based games that have you moving a lot. I need to pick up that ping pong game, 11 Tennis VR, whatever it's called. But Synth Riders is such a fun experience. There are a few stinker songs in there, but I really, really like it. I, I don't know why anyone would play on the rhythm mode because that is such a dull experience which is that is the mode where you just have to put your hands where the the notes are coming so you don't actually have to hit them with any kind of force or anything like that you just put them there so your your actual movement in that mode is very limited and probably on the higher difficulties you'll be moving more and it'll be more active at least but I, I think the, the difference in enjoyment from that mode to the, not boxing mode, what is it called? Not punch mode. The force mode is so significant. It's not like I initially played the rhythm mode as the force mode because I just assumed that's what you had to do because I'm like, this is how the game is fun. If I'm just like putting my hands there and doing nothing, like this sucks. But actually hitting the notes, each individual note as they come by is so much more fun. Of course, it is more tiring. I think there's always, every time when I play Synth Riders, there is that initial exhaustion where it's just like, man, this is tiring after like a minute. My body does not want to do this. But then I I think it's just like the warm-up period for your body to get used to it. And then after that, it just is so much fun. I don't think there is... A marathon mode in the game and i wish there was and maybe there is maybe there's like a playlist thing or something and you could just do like random song after you finish one but i wish there was just something that i could play an endless loop of songs for a half hour or an hour or whatever so that i don't even have to take the time to say random song give me a new song just keep the notes coming i want to i want to just go for this long ass ride but i think synth riders is such a fun time and I need to get more games like that. I, I need to check out Beat Saber. I need to check out whatever that harmonics game is called. I need to check out Fit XR. Anything that has you doing stuff like that. I just I need to try all of those because that is exactly what what I want out of VR. Like to me, Synth Riders alone is like a killer app. I enjoy other experiences as well. Super hot is still great. But Synth Riders is just it is the bee's knees, and I love it so much. I can't recommend Synth Riders highly enough. It is, I think, a must-own for any Quest owner. But that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. I also watch some stuff, but I don't really feel like there's any point in talking about them. I watched Final Fantasy The Spirits Within again, which is, it starts off okay, and then it just gets fucking worse and worse. And then Advent Children is... Maybe okay if you are a fan of Final Fantasy VII, but as somebody who's never played it, or I played like four hours of it, it is just horrible nonsense that I fucking hate it. I hate it every second of Advent Children. It was the first time I watched that one. But, yeah. That is 
pretty much it. So uh, again, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nest. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the <laughs> Attack the Backlog, and on Amazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and if you have kids and you're going out trick or treating, I like I don't know why you'd be doing it, but be safe. Whatever you're doing, if you're doing anything tomorrow on Halloween, be safe, be aware, and just don't do anything dumb. And yeah, here's to November. Let's let's get this shit going. Next gen, let's get it here. Anywho, thank you again, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, and an absolutely lovely week, and bye!